Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. ...criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing That's extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Are you prepared to to specifically do it? I would say say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what are you you, you saying? I'm I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. Then do it, sir. Say it. Do it. Say it. I'm Shane Hewitt on The Shift. Last night, the first presidential debate, um, you could insert debacle on debate quite easily. Uh, It was interesting to watch. It was a bit of a dumpster fire. It was a bit of a train wreck. But I also um, look forward to the conversation a little bit about how calculated it actually was. Now, there's a guy who was there and he saw all of it. He can speak to the facts. He can speak to what happened. Um, as well, because that's what he does. His name is Reggie Cicchini. He's the uh, the Global News USA correspondent in Washington, D.C., um, who has the sole responsibility of must-watching, can't-tune-it-out like all of us did after about 17 minutes and went, okay, that's enough. Um, he has to sit through the whole thing. Reggie, thanks for being here. Hey, after four years, I- I've learned to be able to, to sit through the whole thing. What was the response afterwards i mean you kind of come away with the other journalists and you you kind of go whoa i mean we knew that creating chaos was going to be part of the plan that was very much a thing i anticipated uh the effort to do anything to stifle biden from saying anything that could benefit biden that was also very apparent i think it was quite tactical was the takeaway um just that or did he just lose um, some focus and go too far with uh, Trump being that I'm going to say belligerent because that was I think it was I think belligerent's a fair word. Yeah, I mean, look, the president went into this debate with a goal to a like you said, not let Joe Biden do any kind of talking, not let him get his policy out there, not let him get uh, any information out to his base. But it was also Trump going out into a spotlight and acting like Donald Trump does when he's out in the spotlight, making sure he gets the final word, making sure that if anybody says something that he gets to counteract that and say, this is what we need to talk about after that. But it's also worth remembering in the days before the debate, Trump came out and said, I don't need to do any debate prep because I do my debate prep every day uh, when I talk to the media in the briefing room. And he treated that debate like uh, last night, like he was in the briefing room, shutting down the moderator, shutting down Joe Biden and simply having it his way or no way. Now, that seems to me to be exactly the tactical part that we talked about. What is the response coming from Americans? Um, Does it move the needle for him? Or um, does it work negatively, at least in, uh, I guess, the, the dissection of the night? I think when it comes to Trump's base, uh, they're not going to go anywhere. They've been with Donald Trump for four years. They stuck with him through the Access Hollywood tapes, which was four years ago, right around now. They've stuck with him through scandals. They're going to stick with him through this tax return story. They aren't going anywhere, despite the fact that he is seeing a little bit of an erosion in his base. Last night was an attempt to shore that up. The problem is with 10 or 15 percent of the United States still uh, considering themselves undecided, uh, 
the president didn't do himself any favors in trying to lure in any kind of new support to go beyond what he has right now. And that is particularly problematic with suburban women in the U.S., who he's desperately trying to court, is down 31 points with compared to Biden. But his attempts last night to go after Biden, to, to, to be unable to disavow white supremacy uh, and to simply not offer anything outside of four years of circular arguments, that might have hurt him with picking up anything new. Now, in all fairness of balance, Biden wasn't free and clear last night either. He did call him a clown and then correct himself at least, but that can't bode well for him. Um, plus, he did tell him to shut up, which for me, I, I'm like, you know what? Be a man, tell him to shut up. I get that part. But when it comes to accusing the president of not being presidential and then telling him the president to shut up, um, that also, I'm assuming, with certain um, segments of of America is not going to bode well for Biden either. So they both weren't free and clear last night. So what was the response to him? Yeah, look, when Biden turned around and told Donald Trump to shut up, it was kind of one of those holy moly moments uh, because, you know, A, that's the quiet part said out loud. But B, that's also what Hillary Clinton had wanted to say in 2016, and she didn't. Uh, but C, it, it was unbecoming of, of Joe Biden as a presidential candidate because you're, you still have to show some kind of respect to the president of the United States. But at the second part of that, Joe Biden is not an elected official. He does not hold any kind of public office. He really is just a private citizen trying to become the president and treated it like he was just a private citizen telling a president to stop talking and let somebody else talk. To that point, Donald Trump's persistent interruptions uh, and, and making it difficult for Joe Biden to kind of stay focused is part of the reason that he wasn't able to get more of his platform policies out. Uh, but it, it was what Democrats and Biden's people had feared that he would get pulled into that vortex that Trump was spinning with personal attacks, with trying to blow Biden over. And he tried to weather the storm as much as he could. But you saw what happened when he didn't. Yeah. And it, it could be taken as, well, it's not very presidential to tell another uh, person to shut up. But at the same time, the classic stand up to the bully, if you will, uh, could be heard that way. So it, it could go. Now, there was a lot of conversation about what's coming up next, Reggie, because there are two more debates. The next one, I believe, is a town hall style. So that means there will be um, citizens there asking questions. Um, there was, of course, speculation that why even bother doing the next two but i think that was just more tv pontification spin that i mean of course they're going to do them they're happily going to show up and go toe to toe um, but with people there asking questions is that going to change the behavior and make it a little bit more accountable because there will be a crowd it very likely will uh, a for someone like donald trump who kind of uh, relishes in the atmosphere or energy that a crowd can give uh and and, and you know this is a new thing for him to be going one-on-one -on -one with uh you know with with the people of america since he's a president because he oftentimes doesn't get a chance to do that what we're going to have to see though regardless of how the town hall works is what the format is actually going to look like because on uh, Wednesday afternoon, the nonpartisan committee, a commission on presidential debates came out with a statement saying Tuesday night's debate clearly didn't work. And we need to retool the format for how this goes forward, because none of the issues actually got to be talked about, which matter to the people who are going to be voting these people in. So we don't even know what it's going to look like with this town hall or if it's even going to spill over into the vice presidential debate, which happens next week. Uh, Mail-in ballots has been such a big thing and his taxes have been such a big thing. I think it doesn't matter which stripe you land on. It's safe to say that the way that America and the states do it so differently with mail-in ballots and advanced voting, that um, as we call them, advanced voting, I mean, it's, it's a mess, regardless of which side you're on. I mean, it's not working for anybody. Um, is that going to 
seriously have an impact of the way things are folding out that you're hearing down in the States? Well, I mean, look, I, I think uh, it's subjective as to when you say uh, that, that mail-in ballots aren't working across the U.S., because realistically, the U.S. has used a mail-in ballot system since uh, since the Civil War. And even the FBI director not long ago, within the last couple of days, said that there's no real uh, um, you know visions of widespread voter fraud, at least on the national scale, when it comes to mail-in ballots. And also, the president oftentimes cites baseless facts and conspiracies as to why uh, mail-in ballots are not a good thing. Yes, there have been cases that they've been found uh, in fields. Some of them have been marked for Trump. Some of them were naked ballots, so they wouldn't have counted anyways. But the president is trying to drum up fear for a president who says he doesn't want to create panic uh, because he is fearful that an outcome by mail-in ballots could favor Joe Biden more than him, which is why he is calling the uh, integrity of this election into question at every opportunity, because it's easier to blame somebody else for losing an election than it is to say, maybe I did something wrong. Yeah, that's very clear. Um, There was I did see one guy who is a Democrat actually says, I hate to say this, but here's my two ballots I received. One had a hyphenated name, one did not. And those things do happen. Um, Now, you would think that the integrity of the voter would kick in a little bit there and say, well, I'm a voter, I vote once. But that would be that look in the mirror piece that I sort of ranted about last night about all this. Yeah, um, but really quickly on that, um, uh, you know, when 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 people say that they get two ballots and then they, you know, they really should only count one ballot. Uh, you had Donald Trump last month tell his supporters, if you get a ballot in the mail, if you get two, put all your ballots in the mail and then go to the ballot box and, and try to cast a ballot in person. So you do have conflicting and confusing messages coming yeah. from the president as well. Yeah. And that's kind of the mess part um, that I was uh, referring to. It's it's so true. So taxes, are the taxes being impactful? Because I think any business person will say, you know, of course, you're trying to do everything you can to not pay taxes. That's the whole point of uh, working your business within the rules of the system. Then there's the other point, which is the, well, was it within the rules of the system? And then there's other people saying, why am I paying taxes that he's not paying taxes? Do you think it's going to have an impact? Or is it just like the, the Access Hollywood tapes that came out and everyone's going to move along? I don't think it's going to move uh, the needle much, at least within his base, because, yeah, like we said, they've stuck with him through scandals. But also, this is the kind of base who's going to say, that's awesome. The president is a businessman. He's worth billions of dollars. If he's able to game the system, that's even better for him, uh, because it means that he is figuring out how to do things right. And if he's saving money, maybe he'll you know, figure that out and will start to save money. There's a thought process that goes into how his base sees things. You know, which also is kind of, you know, if you turn it around, President Trump's key demographic that he goes after are non-college educated white men in the middle of America where tax law is simply over their head. And they may not fully understand that the president is getting away with things that these people would never get away with. And they don't want to listen to Joe Biden supporters who say the president is cheating on his taxes. This is a big deal because he's looking out for his interests and not yours. Yeah, that could be really confusing. Uh, thank you for the insight. I'm. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot, Reggie. So um, I let me first say thank you. Thank you for sitting through the entire thing and uh, doing what you do. I appreciate it because it allows me to go, uh, I'm going to get a coffee. Look, we got 35 days left plus a lame duck period, plus it could be another four years. So there's lots of chatter going on after that. Reggie Cicchini, Global News, Washington Correspondent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm Shane Hewitt, 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages are welcome. It's funny, we start talking about U.S. politics, and in come all the text messages that are off topic. It's mind-blowing to me. We were talking about the debate. That's it. We just talked about the debate. And we talked about things that were said in the debate. And it's ironic that all of these text messages start coming in only from a few people that are so off topic. 
And you know, the funny part is, is that it, it doesn't do anything for the conversation because they're off topic. So I'm not going to read them because they're off topic, right? So it's, it's really, really uh, mind-blowing to me. Um, you're more than welcome to phone in. If you want to phone in and talk about it, sure. I'm all for it. 877-399-9898. But we are going to stay on topic here. Uh, this is a great text message that comes in. I think there should be a, a mute button from Joel. Um, there isn't a mute button at this point. Um, but clearly, if those rules aren't going to be followed, so you have to understand, I'm, I'm going to be incredibly square and logical on this. I don't pretend to take sides. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. Because if Biden wins, it's terrible for Canada, uh, especially in oil and gas. And if Trump wins, it's terrible for Canada. So that's what I think about. Um, it's just that simple. There's no winning outcome that is great for Canada in this. That's that's all I'm going to say. So I'm not this side or that side. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, here's the thing is that um, it is mind blowing to me that so many Canadians would rather talk about American politics than Canadian politics. Now, they agree in advance. Here's the black and white. They agree in advance to rules like two minutes each, no interrupting. Sure, there's always going to be a little bit of interrupting, but two minutes each, no interrupting. And I think that the microphone turning off the microphone will be amazing because it'll bring like this wave of embarrassment um, if they interrupt. And to think that a presidential debate has to be dealt with uh, through shame is, is crazy for me. It's crazy to think of that. Um, yeah, it, it, there's all kinds of this side and that side we can talk about. But here are some of the clips that did happen last night. So this isn't about this side or that side. This isn't about, hey, by the way, this guy does this and that guy does this. Or this person name called this at, a, at a, a rally two weeks ago and this person name called that at a rally two weeks ago. Because that's off topic. This is what happened specifically last night. So moderator Chris Wallace tried to jump in during the debate. Um, the jabs got pretty serious. Here's the clip. We criticized the, the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist right. groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left-wing, not from the right wing. So what are you, what are you, you, look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and would right you like me to white supremacists and right supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. His this is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what oh, his really? it's an FBI, idea. his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then gonna, you know what? No, 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 we're Mr. President, the, the Supreme Court will hear a case a week after the election in which the Trump administration, along with 18 state attorneys general, are seeking to overturn That's right. Obamacare, to end Obamacare. You have spent the last... Because they want to give I, good health care. If, if I may ask my question, sir. Good health care. Over uh, the last four years, you have promised to repeal and replace Obamacare, but you have never in these four years come up with a plan, a comprehensive plan yes, to I replace have. Obamacare. Of course I have. 
Well, I'll I got rid of the individual mandate. Excuse me. I got rid of the individual mandate, which was a big chunk of Obama. That is absolutely a big thing. That was the worst part of Obamacare. Chris, You're that was the worst him, part me. of Obama. Let me ask my question. Well, I'll, I'll ask Joe. I, 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 the individual no, I, mandate was the most unpopular aspect of Obamacare. I got rid of it. I'd like and you we to, will protect Mr. people President, with I'm the moderator of this debate, and I would like you to let me ask my question, and then you can answer Go your ahead. question. You, in the course of these four years, have never come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. And just this last Thursday, you signed a largely symbolic executive order to protect people with pre-existing conditions five days before this debate. So my question, sir, is what is the Trump health care plan? Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him, but that's okay. I'm not surprised. Let me just tell you something. that (laughs) There's nothing symbolic. I'm cutting drug prices. I'm going with favored nations, which no president has the courage to do because you're going against big pharma. Drug prices will be coming down 80 or 90 percent. You could have done it during your 47-year period in government, but you didn't do it. Nobody's done it. So we're cutting health care. All of the things that we've done, insulin, I give you an example, insulin, it's going to, it was destroying families, destroying people, the cost, I'm getting it for so cheap, it's like water, you want to know the truth, so cheap. Take a look at all of the drugs that what we're doing, prescription drug prices. We're going to allow our governors now to go to other countries to buy drugs okay. because when they fact, pay just a I, tiny fraction. As I say, this is open discussion. No, let but me this ask is you big, about, let me, this you'll is be happy, big stuff. Sir. Okay. Uh, to the Texas said, Wallace in his question said, stand down first. Yeah, but that just goes to show that he had no answer. Trump had no answer to that because he just repeated something he had just heard. That's what, that's what happened there. Another Texas says, Wallace did not control the floor. Based on that clip, how in the hell is he supposed to control that? I mean, that's just, that's just it. I mean, it was a, it's supposed to be a respectful debate, right? Um, another Texas says from Manitoba says they all went off the rails. That's so true. Um, Dwayne says, I do love the shift, but when we start talking politics, my eyes glaze over. I agree. I don't want to talk politics all the time, but this is some stuff that's been going on that affects us. And so we did want to touch on it here on the shift. Absolutely. I have good news for you though. We are going to leave it right there. 877-399-9898. The outcome of this election affects Canada. It will in a big way. And if it goes this way, it affects us in one way. And if it goes that way, it affects us in another way. So the reality is, is that we do need to pay attention to it. And I realize that it's politics. I would love to talk about hamburgers and velocitors all day. But we, uh, you know, the the shift is is here for us to have open, sit around the campfire, have a beer kind of conversation about anything. And so, you know, to the people that don't like politics, I don't either. But it matters. And I care about Canada enough that uh, we work through it. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. We're all just moving at the speed of light. No fast forward and no rewind. Can't slow down the hands of time. We're all just moving at the speed of light. The speed of light. I'm Shane Hewitt on The Shift. We've tried to bring you different kinds of guests on the show. And we like to talk about music here on the program. Absolutely one of our favorite conversations, so we're going to do that now. That's the sweet sounds you hear in the background uh, right there is Speed of Life. It's the latest single from George Canyon. He joins us now uh, for conversation. Hey, George. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, thank you. Thanks for spending some time here. My pleasure. You know, My pleasure. Uh, we've got some... Uh, drive-in shows coming up that we'll talk about shortly, and I'll share all the information because uh, you're hitting the road uh, for a alternative 
uh, of concerts, <laughs> but at least they're concerts. It must feel good to know that at least you get to get on stage and sing again. Because I'm, yeah. from what I know in our time together, George, it's it is kind of part of your DNA to to, to be up there and share that. That's why we do it, right? That's why uh, that's why I, I got into the business thirty plus years ago was to play for people that wanted to listen. And let me tell you, back in the day, there was nobody to listen that were listening. So it's uh, it's always a, a treat and, a, and such a pleasure and treasure, really, to, to be able to do it. Um, these three driving shows are, are helping out uh, charities, which right now a lot of the charities are, well, they won't survive. They won't survive COVID. Let's just be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, candy coat it. So a lot of them need a lot of help, including stars. Our ambulance uh, is one and the hospital foundations that we're helping out both high river, uh, Lethbridge um, and Tabor as well. So, you know, the opportunity to get to go out and help, that's, that's what we do in Canada. So you're <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Well, this is what's going to happen. So it's Lethbridge tonight at the NMAX Center, High River tomorrow, and Regina October 3rd, uh, with all the time zones that should line up, uh, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd are the shows. Um, So uh, let's talk about that. I mean, it feels good to get out. There's a lot of people that aren't working now. Yeah. And we we talked to Aaron uh, Perchette last week a little bit about the impact on the people around him. And I think that it's I think we don't do it a service unless we speak about it authentically. If I know anything about you, George, is that I don't think you can even possibly not speak about it authentically. <laughs> no. Um, but but this is dire straits. It's dire yeah. straits. I shared last week that, you know, six months ago with uh, part-time radio stuff, plus my business getting decimated, everything else, I was I took a job stacking pallets, uh, grocery pallets at a Sobeys warehouse. Okay. And I did that because I wanted to make sure that I had work. And I that for me was a big departure from sitting in this chair with a microphone in front of me. Um, I am not afraid to do the hard work, but it's 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 the same. You've been a singer for a long time, yeah. but you also are are sitting down looking at your your household, going, "Wow, how are we going to make this work?" Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and there's so many people in the in this boat, as you just said, and I, and let me just give you kudos and say that's fantastic that you are a strong man of character to know um, to just step up and do what you need to do to provide for your family. Because I'm I, I'm exactly the same way. If someone says, "Here's a shovel." We want you to go dig holes or dig a ditch or whatever. And here's what we're going to pay you. Uh, I'm going to do it because I need to provide for my family. And there's so many families right now that are in this boat. Um, I think the federal government, with everything that's going on, I know I wouldn't want to be in their shoes because this is a walk that nobody's ever walked. But at the same time, let's let's have reality check here. Uh, our country is not back to work Um as I'm hearing them saying, uh, and that also coming from the banks and the visa companies that everybody's back to work, it's not the case. There are millions of people that are not back to work, have no hope of getting back to work for at least another six months to a year if we're lucky. Um, and some now uh, are actually leaving. I just heard this morning um, there's an exodus from Alberta. Uh, where yeah, the people where, are moving home. Yeah, and I'm kind of. I think it was 2,700 people more have left than yep. came. Was the number? Yeah. Yeah, and I've never heard that in my almost 30 years of living here. I've never heard that ever. Um, it's always been the other way around. So I think as a as a as a whole, including our industry of three million people um, and many other businesses uh, at, like as yours, right? We we need to uh, stay focused and 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 not think that everybody's back to work and that it's all you know, unicorns and puppies. Um, we yeah. need to all come together as a country and, and stay focused on, on how we can get past this pandemic and get people back to work and earning a living. Because honestly, if you said to me, am I more worried about COVID or am I more worried about putting food on the table for my wife and, and our three kids? 
what do you think I'm going to pick? Yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, and the I'm, dad, the dad yeah. thing is all, it's everything, right? It is. And I'm, I'm in the high risk category. It's a type one diabetic. That's what they tell me. Um, I don't look at it that way because I'm in the best shape of my life at 50, but I've had type one diabetes for 30 years. So, you know, I mean, but that's the reality of it, right? We put our families first and, and as a nation, we need to continue to do that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it must be hard for you too. I mean, as a singer, you do have that life, but I mean, you did uh, share with all of Canada, some of your aspirations, at least to uh, be a leader in, in and around politics. So it must be hard for you to sit back on this, knowing that you're not able to maybe have the direct impact that you had hoped you had with the elections that did run. But at the same time, you kind of dodged a bit of a bullet there with <laughs> some of the politicians and what they're going through. Well, I will say this. I never really had a fair shot at, at telling my side of the story. Um, I never wanted to be in politics. That's not something I ever woke up and went, woohoo, I'm going to be a politician someday. No, um, I want to serve my country. Uh, I actually wanted to be in the military, to be brutally honest, till I got type 1 diabetes at 14. Um, but I want to serve. And when I was asked at the last minute to step up and serve, I, I said, yeah, well, what kind of man would I be to talk the talk, but not walk the walk? I wouldn't criticize anybody in government at any level when it comes to this pandemic. Um, I, you know, I don't know how we get past it. I know everybody says a vaccine. It's a, uh, I'm just hoping people are taking really good notes because it, it's, it's a, something we definitely have to learn from and, and, uh, and work hard to, uh, to make sure we um, save as many lives as we can. Well, as a business owner, and that's really what you are. One thing that people don't understand about yeah. singers is that um, singers, you start out writing some songs and learning how to play guitar or piano. And then you learn very quickly that um, a business degree probably would have come in handy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have and, done pre-med. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so, but th th this is how these people are affected, generally self-employed. Yep. Um, you, you take on the burden of, self-imposed burden of caring for your team as well. Uh, how do you have the conversations with them looking at, I mean, I'm guessing 18 months at least before we're really back at anything. Um, yeah. You know, how, how do you look at those, those employees, if you will, who are basically your partners in business they are my partners, and talk to them yeah. about it? Um, it, it? You know what? Everyone's having the same conversation with me as I'm having with them. We're all in this boat together. Um, a buddy of mine said, we're all standing in poop up to our ankles. So nobody splash. Um, and that's, that's the so truth true. of it. And so we, uh, you know, as a, as a collective, um, as a group, cause it's not just me. I mean, I, uh, I get all the glory. <laughs> Um, because I get to sing the songs and be the artist, but it, it takes a whole team, a gamut of people around me to make it happen. Um, we've all had the honest conversation that, you know, and so my, my drummer has started a new business, uh, bass player, um, took a fork, uh, forklift course and is going to have a job doing that. Another bass player I worked with took a day job. Um, it's just the reality of, uh, of the situation. Now, the interesting thing is we've all been in the business for so long back when I was, um, <laughs> it, you know, the beginning artist years, I worked many other jobs so that I could put food on the table and diapers on the babies. Um, the kids now are 22, 20 and 20. So you don't got to worry about that, but you still got to put food on the table. You still got to put them through university and do all that stuff. So it's the same equation, just, uh, you know, just different uh, variables and, um, you, you do what you have to do and they're doing what they have to do the same as I'm doing what I have to do. Same as you did what, you know, you've had to do as well. Um, uh, I don't think the, the ego that might have once existed in a young career 
uh, that doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, we're blessed to get to make music and we love that. The same as Aaron, right? That's why Aaron and I have so much fun touring together. We've, we've been in the business equally as long. And we both have come to that point where you don't really have anything to prove and you're just loving getting, making music for the fans. It's just the greatest feeling to hear people sing your songs back. And for seven months, we've been, the tap's been dry. It's been bizarre. You know, you sing to a camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on Instagram and yeah. Aaron's shows and the stuff you guys have been doing on Instagram is 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 really great too. And when we talk about dad stuff, I it just occurred to me as you were saying that I we talk about dads and jobs because that's our perspective and yeah. not to be dismissed would be all the moms oh my gosh, that no, have the moms that have done so much extra work yeah. too. Um please Crazy. just take that for honest oh, dad talk, yeah, not very. dismissing what no, the moms let, have. let me give the following disclaimer. Uh I am the inferior of species. My wife is the rock that holds it all together. She, and she won't complain like we will, right? That's the thing, right? Dads, dads have this innate ability to complain um, where moms just do it and they do it so well. And then they multitask and do other things at the same time. <laughs> and somehow make sure that we're all okay. Oh, and yeah. Um, and worry about all of us, uh, man. I, I just, yeah. uh, she's loving my life. Well, I would like to lead uh, the the way in making sure that the conversation, just because we talk about one does not dismiss the other. No, so, uh, no, no. in all that. So how excited are you? Here you guys are about to take three shows, uh, be it drive-in, be it at a distance, but you're going to be up there. The music's going to be loud. You're going to have your monitors up and you're going to be back again, at least for a little bit. Do you get yeah. a little nervous seven months later? I, I'm nervous um, on for a couple reasons. Um, and it's not so much about getting up to sing as much as it is, you know, is it going to work? Is the flow, are they going to be able to turn, because there's three shows in one night. So are they going to be able to turn the, the crowd over with cars? Because you're in your car, right? It's like going to the drive-in movie theater. It's, it's what you're doing. And so I'm worried about that. And, and I'm worried about my band as far as, um, of course, we we put in a, a COVID protocol. I uh, put a corporate COVID protocol in place uh, a few weeks ago for my camp. Um, so we know here's what you have to do. And that way we can assure not only our own safety, but everybody around us. Um, I'm nervous about that. Uh, and I'm also nervous because here's the one thing I don't think a lot of artists probably consider in doing this. There is no PA. There are absolutely no speakers. So everything we're hearing is in our in-ears, in our, in our buds. And sometimes that makes you feel like you're the only person in a big cave. It's a very strange feeling. And, um, that's going to be a little bizarre. So, uh, I want people to put their windows down and, and, and scream and yell and sing as loud as they can so we can hopefully hear them. <laughs> That's so good. I guess you don't think of that, right? It's going to be like the yeah. FM broadcast, so everyone's going to just be listening on the car radio. Yeah, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on the techs as well, right? That's a, that's a big undertaking. It's not like turn on a PA and, and mix a show. You've got signal traveling everywhere, um, different. And, of course, every vehicle has a different stereo system. Yeah. That's a lot interference. of interference. Yeah. Interference. A lot of pressure on, on, uh, on Rick, our, uh, our tour manager, sound tech, but he's one of the best in the business and I don't even worry about him. So he's going to nail it. Yeah. Well, there will be something missing when you don't get that thump of the kick drum in the chest, but the yeah. trade-off is no show at all. So, um, yeah. that's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, George Canyon. Thanks so much, brother. It's a great oh, to hear your voice you, again. Man. Anytime. Um, the, uh, if we can help here, always, that's what we do here with the shift family and, and try to, uh, try to share the good word. Um, good luck with the shows. Um, do me a favor, fire me a text. Let me know how it goes. If you can, like, I will, yeah. uh, s- send a selfie if you can of the, of the cars. Little, yeah. I'll take a little video clip while I'm singing one of the tunes. So you, you guys and all, all your uh, listeners can kind of get a, 
a vibe for what it looks like from my perspective. I'll call it from the oh, mic, so from the microphone perspective. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, we'd love that. And we'll tweet it out and share it here on the radio uh, okay. and everything too. So awesome. that's so cool. All right. Well, before we Thanks, go, buddy. one of the biggest songs that has ever been, um, that has ever been done by George Canyon. Um, I think it's one of the most popular of all the songs. It's I got this. And it's funny all these years later, George, after you released that song, that the timing seems kind of perfect, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> All right. It sure does. Oh, thanks so much. Thank thanks you. so much, Appreciate brother. It. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, pal. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.